Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. No one can afford to gather in large groups in these communities. This is critically important. They have allowed black and brown people to congregate in the parks and on the streets every weekend. And we're not supposed to question that there's a double standard here. What are you, there's only two reasons why you do that. You're either afraid that our community of color, right, is going to chastise you or you don't give a damn. Those are the only two choices you get. I'm going to go for choice number one, Diane Wilkerson. Right on. But bad news, everybody. Bad news. Guess what? Once again, you're in trouble. Indeed, if you thought that you're going to go into the Labor Day weekend and you know, enjoy life and embrace the moments you have with your friends and family, no, 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 no. You've been very bad, and your governor is not pleased with you. No one can afford to gather in large groups in these communities. This is critically important. Time and time again, as our contact tracers have reached out to and engaged people who've become infected, gatherings, unsupervised, unofficial, people being familiar with people they're familiar with, play a major role in the spread of COVID generally in communities around the Commonwealth. And today we're announcing a series of new tools to ramp up enforcement. New COVID tools. clearly doesn't and won't ramp and up and take the summer off. As we head into yet another holiday weekend uh, and our back to school season, it's important that all of the Commonwealth's residents stick to these proven practices. COVID is highly contagious and it's going to be with us until we have a treatment or a vaccine. Everyone needs to continue to take it seriously and not let down their guard. You can do your part. You can help protect yourself, your loved ones, and your community from COVID. 
by wearing a face covering, socially distancing, washing your hands, and recognizing and understanding that this virus will spread if you give it the opportunity to do so. So let's all have a nice Labor Day weekend and do the things we know work when it comes to managing and containing COVID. Have a nice Labor Day weekend. Enjoy. Stay inside. No more gatherings. We've had enough of that. Do you understand? You listening? This means you. Lives are at stake. This is life or death. Now to a certain group of people in certain neighborhoods, there's a very different vibe. Here we go. NBCBoston.com, the Boston Black COVID-19 Coalition is expressing outrage The Boston Black COVID-19 Coalition is expecting outra- is expressing outrage about a large two-day party held last weekend in the city's Dorchester neighborhood. Saying Governor Baker, Mayor Marty Walsh, and other politicians have said and done nothing about what could wind up being the state's next super spreader event. The group, consisting of leaders in the black community, held a press conference Thursday to discuss the party held on August 28th and August 29th, which they said was attended by several thousand people. They demanded action, including testing and tracing of those who attended and further steps to repeat over Labor Day. In other words, people in the black community rightfully are worried about getting COVID and they're asking where the hell was the governor and the mayor and his new special task force of enforcers? Where were they when they needed them? What I always say is do the same thing for us that you do for the white people. This is not this is not rocket science. Did you remember when they last month when there was uh, the, the pictures of all the revelers on the boat on the harbor? The next day, both the governor and the mayor had a press conference and talked about it. They were in touch with the person who owned that boat. They threatened to shut them down when the per- people had the prom party in the Chatham or wherever it was. They, they said, we're going to have an investigation. And we're going to start fining people. And we're not going to let that happen again. And all summer, we all know it. They have allowed black and brown people to congregate in the parks and on the streets every weekend. And we're not supposed to question that there's a double standard here. What are you? There's only two reasons why you do that. You're either afraid that our community of color, right, is going to uh, chastise you. Or you don't give a damn. Those are the only two choices you get. There's no third choice. There's no fourth choice. It's one or the other. It's not difficult. We need a plan starting this weekend to stop the congregation of large numbers of people in our community. I understand people are tired. I understand they got cabin fever. Come to the drive-in that we started at Bartlett Yard. 
Stay in your car. Bring your kids Saturday. It's free. You don't even have to pay on Saturday. But you cannot continue to put your families, our our neighborhoods, our community, and our cities at risk because we are dying at higher rates. We have more. 63% of the cases in, in Boston are Black and Latino, folks. That's a fact. That's us. Woo! What a burn. What a burn. Can you imagine how petrified Marty Walsh and Charlie Baker must be right now? Doing everything. They could. They thought they were doing the right thing. They thought they were doing the right thing. They condemned the hell out of a, a month ago. Remember, they were creating, Baker was making a big task force, and he was sick of this, and you were in trouble. He was yelling it, yelling it to, I guess, a white Massachusetts, saying, damn you, you're going to super spread and you're bad or whatever. Meanwhile, turning a blind eye to the other stuff that was happening. But no, when it came to, and it's so, it, we, and I, we've been saying this, how can you, if this is a super spreader event, if this is so dangerous, how can you be encouraging people in disadvantaged communities to go out and get this? It's killing them at a higher rate. They never wanted to think about that. No, 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 no. This, this is about Black Lives Matter. They have the right to go out there and contract the disease and give it to grand, their grandfathers and die. The double standards and the, the spinelessness, the lack of courage. Oh, man, last month we were in trouble. Baker was letting you know, damn, not people in Dorchester, not people who were marching in the street for Black Lives Matter, but everybody else, you were freaking on notice. We're announcing the creation of a COVID enforcement and intervention team. This team will be charged with two main tasks, ramping up enforcement in key communities and coordinating local intervention efforts at the local level in high-risk communities. The COVID enforcement and intervention team will take several steps to address the spread of COVID-19, working with our colleagues again, in many cases, in local government. First, on the statewide enforcement piece, NEMA and the Executive Office of Public Safety and Security will bring together multiple state agencies to coordinate our efforts. This team will coordinate an increased enforcement effort across the state to ensure businesses and residents are aware of and are following the COVID-19 Comply. Orders. By authorizing state and local police to enforce these orders, we can not only increase the number of people who will be out there and able to enforce these measures, but also ensure that there are penalties for those who refuse to make the adjustments that so many other people in Massachusetts have made and continue to make. We'll also likely include significant assistance to ramp up enforcement with respect to businesses, face coverings, and gathering orders. High-risk COVID communities may also see restrictions or shutdowns for parks, playgrounds, businesses, or other entities or locations. Some high-risk communities will see. Some will be taking a hands-off approach. So, you know, if you're in Dorchester and you're going to a party with thousands of young people there... Just enjoying the end of summer. I love a party like anybody else. You are free to go, baby. The enforcement unit will not be coming down your street to make sure that your life is preserved and your relatives' lives are preserved. Nope. We care about you so much in this year that's the great year of reckoning that we're going to let you catch the disease. Yay!
starts at 6.30. Breaking news. Protesters blocking a busy area of Boston. This is at the intersection of Congress and State Streets. Yes, downtown crossing, one of the areas hit on Sunday night. You can see here more and more stores are boarding up their windows, some because of the damage done the other night. But all the increased presence follows Sunday's largely peaceful march and protest largely from peaceful. Nubian Square to the State House. Thousands marched through the streets calling for justice. It was not until hours after that that violence and looting broke out on Newbury Street and in Downtown Crossing. One protest in Boston drew tens of thousands of people. It was organized by Black Lives Matter in collaboration with the group Violence in Boston. Monica Cannon Grant Yay! is an activist and founder and CEO of the Violence in Boston organization. Monica. And she joins me now. How did you organize tens of thousands of people to come Good out and protest job, in Boston? In 2017, I organized 45,000 people to march against racism after what transpired in Charlottesville. And so this go round, um, it was a little bit easier. <laughs> Now, with respect to the demonstrations last night, the murder of George Floyd at the hands of the police was a horrible tragedy, one of countless tragedies, tragedies to befall people of color across the United States. Since this terrible pandemic and the loss that comes with it swept across the globe, people everywhere have gone through awful, terrible moments. The loss of life, connection, purpose, income, routine, it has all pushed many far beyond what we're used to dealing with. I want to thank everyone who marched and exercised their right to free, free speech safely last night. Good job! Tens of thousands of our neighbors, friends, and colleagues tried, when possible, to balance the new normal we live in with their right to free speech. I want to thank everyone who made their voices heard with the safety of those around you in mind. Good job, everyone. Good job. We won't be coming to your parties this weekend to break anything up. That would be lame. Party on. What's so beautiful is that just being yelled at, I know we've done this before, but just being yelled at about Labor Day weekend. You know, like, no one can afford to uh, gather in uh, large groups in these communities. Uh, this is critically important. Time and time again, as our contact tracers have reached out to and engaged people who've become infected, gatherings, unsupervised, unofficial, people being familiar with people they're familiar with, play a major role in the spread of COVID generally in communities around the Commonwealth. And today we're announcing a series of new tools to ramp up enforcement. COVID clearly doesn't and won't and didn't take the summer off. As we head into yet another holiday weekend, uh, and our back-to-school season, it's important that all of the Commonwealth's residents stick to these proven practices. Ugh. COVID is highly contagious. Oh, is it? And it's going to be with us until we have a treatment or a vaccine. Everyone needs to continue to take it seriously and not let down their guard. You can do your part. You can help protect yourself, your loved ones, and your community from COVID by wearing a face covering, socially distancing, washing your hands, and recognizing and understanding that this virus will spread if you give it the opportunity to do so.
So let's all have a nice Labor Day weekend and do the things we know work when it comes to managing and containing COVID. Is one of the things that works having a uh, house party, a big graduation party on two lawns with uh, my brother's house? Not in my backyard was the Lieutenant Governor's explanation for a graduation party. She attended in her brother's backyard, which is directly attached to hers. I think you're referring to a blog post made over the weekend, and the answer is no, I did not host uh, a gathering uh, at, at my home. Uh, my brother, uh, he's one of the parents in our Commonwealth that has two children graduating, uh, one high school and one college, and he invited some family uh, to get together. Uh, I did stop by uh, to say hello. Uh, it was an outdoor uh, gathering. When I was there, it was spread apart, social distancing, which is allowed under the governor's uh, order and with the social guidance that we've issued. And I would just say that this is going to happen when people want to get together. And as the weather improves, uh, it's a natural thing to want to do. It's going to get, it's going to happen. Hey, you know, what can you say? You, you can't go out. You have to stay in. They're sending the special mass squad out to find the hell out of you if you do something wrong. Now, certain people, Karen Polito, apparently the city of Dorchester, even though the residents of the community are begging you to do something about it, and young, both white and black protesters, if you're protesting in the middle of the streets of Boston, and you're, um, or, or if you're just burning stuff, if you're burning squad cars, it's go time. I'm going to light a squad car on fire. Throw a brick at a cop. Gonna burn the building front. Gonna loot Nikes. Get to the club in my taxi cab. Everybody's looking at me now. Like, who's that chick that's rocking kicks? She was on Rogan, by the way. Did you see her or hear her on Joe Rogan? Miley Cyrus is. 27 years old and also 57 years old old sometimes people do a lot of living in a small amount of time she seemed pretty cool though she seemed all right you know who knows man uh so great moment today a great moment today by kaylee mcanini who of course uh she is i i could take this all day i used to love this when tony snow did this when he would just go in and just totally like just rip the press, it, it, he was the press secretary for just a little bit of time at the end of the Bush administration. Uh, it was him and then Perino, I think. I think that was the order, or it could have been the other way. Anyway, but he got ill and died, unfortunately, young. But he would just go in there and torch the press because they were disrupt disrupting and you know um, doing what they could to to to. to hamper the war effort and i had no time for it so i i liked it i don't know if it was productive but i don't think Haley mckinney today <laughs> she is the light white house has locked on to hairgate where in which speaker pelosi went to the legally closed barbershop or sorry salon the other day to get her hair done for an msnbc hit Haley mckinney 
today approaches the stage for the press briefing and does her thing. Good afternoon, everyone. Two briefings ago, I asked, where is Nancy Pelosi? Today, I can announce we have found Nancy Pelosi. The video is uh, being shown see, on a loop to her Pelosi right and left. Going into her hair salon, we will be playing the video on loop for all of you to see during the duration of this introduction. So Nancy Pelosi was not in the halls of Congress when I asked where she was. She was not working in good faith to make a deal for the American people. Nope, Nancy Pelosi was found in San Francisco at a hair salon where she was indoors, even though salons in California are not only open for outdoor service. Apparently, the rules do not apply to Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She wants small businesses to stay shut down, but only reopen for her convenience. Do as I say, not as I do, says Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is holding up $1.3 trillion in relief for the American people while getting special access to the very kind of small businesses that this money would support, businesses like this hair salon. Before she skipped town to violate her state's health guidelines, Pelosi proposed a bill. It was called the HEROES Act, which contained no additional paycheck protection funding. This is funding that would help the very small business she has bizarrely accused of plotting against her. The president sees through Democrats' disregard for Americans in need, and he took action unilaterally in his own accord. Uh, he provided relief from evictions. He provided unemployment insurance. He paused student loan payments, and he cut the payroll tax, putting money in the American people's pockets. Congress also failed to authorize funding to provide children with free lunches for the 2020-2021 school year. And again, President Trump, with senior advisor Ivanka Trump, took action. And now USDA has extended a summer program which will ensure children continue to have access to free meals through the end of the year. Nancy Pelosi is demanding an apology from a single mother and small business. Meanwhile, the Pelosi shuffling through the hair salon video is showing on a loop continually as this thing goes on. ...business owner who has received threats since Nancy Pelosi's comments against her salon. Salon owner Erica Kaya said this, Since this happened, I've received nothing but hate text messages, death threats, saying they're going to burn down my hair salon. It's just sad that my community is pulling this, saying that I threw her under the bus when I did not. So that's hurtful. Uh, but yes, I think I'm pretty much done now. Nancy Pelosi... You ought to apologize to the American people. Or better yet, come back to Washington and get to work for hardworking Americans like this salon owner that you maligned and demanded an apology from. And with that, I'll take questions. Bravo, Kaylee. Bravo. Well done. This they, they need to get as much out of this Pelosi stuff. And that's what it was. And that's why this is so bright by the – smart by the communications team. You know, the – the news is secretary uh, that they show moments ago, press secretary Kaylee McEnany opens press briefing by playing video of Speaker Pelosi at Salon on loop. So that's the headline. Had she just castigated Pelosi for three hours, for three minutes, it wouldn't have been uh, as newsy. It wouldn't have gotten into the news cycle as sharply and as thoroughly as it is now. But it's the playing it on a loop. So you do something a little fantastic. And that gets you in. That's the news bite. And then they're forced to say why you're playing it on a loop. 
And that keeps Pelosi in a news cycle. That is good. Well done. I don't know. And also well written. Whoever wrote that, it's somebody Somebody is writing these uh, press briefings and writing uh, the, the speeches. Whoever did the convention stuff, they're very bright minds at work, and it's good writing. It sounds like Tucker's writing. Um, let's see. It, it's just it's just smart. So keep the Pelosi stuff going, and um, it's just very smart. Trump is also um, another thing they're doing effectively is going after Biden. They've got some more video of him struggling. In this case, he's back in the basement and he's having trouble reading the teleprompter and he's using his right hand as visible. He's trying to tell them to speed it. Usually when I see people on TV do this, they're trying to tell the person to speed the teleprompter up um, or reverse it back because either they've they've run out of copy and they're forced to use the copy that's in front of them on paper, which can be difficult to do if you haven't been following along. And Biden tries to do this here. Um, and Or it means that um, the that the teleprompter, the script has either gone too fast or hasn't gone fast enough for them. But uh, it, it doesn't, Biden doesn't wear it well today. And, uh, and in addition to that, he goes uh, hand. in addition up, to that, up, up. we have to uh, make sure that we, uh, we are in a position that we are. Well, let me let me go to the second thing. I've spoken enough of that. Oh, okay. I guess I guess you spoke enough about that. I mean, we mostly heard in addition to that. <sighs> so, on the theme of salon owners, there's another salon owner who had her salon uh, burned down by rioters in Minnesota, and uh, because they're overrun, the cops are overrun. And the they're they've been reorganized and redispersed and defunded or whatever that means. I don't know if that's literal, literal or a metaphor these days. And probably to a degree, they don't want any trouble. And here's a woman. This is a black woman who's a salon owner, and her business was destroyed. Here we are, a hundred days after your place was torched. And how much help have you gotten from your local and state officials? I haven't got anything. Not a penny. And you are heartbroken because you always figured if if I had trouble and, and we're looking at the images, uh, your place was torched on May 29th. If I have trouble and I pick up the phone, the police are going to come and they're going to help me or the fire department is going to help me. And when you needed them most, they weren't there. No, they wasn't. No. So they never showed up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see any. Got to be a damn helpless feeling. To have your all of your dreams are in this place. So they're just showing the. This is by the way. This is the Fox Morning Show. Um, whatever it's called with uh, Ducey, Steve Ducey, and uh, just imagine, just hoping, hoping that the cops are on the way. They're on their way. You hope, you hope, and that hope just goes away as you see your place get absolutely destroyed, wrecked. All of your dreams. Police at all control mm-hmm. my run my area. No. So to add insult to injury, and we're looking at the images of your place, which was destroyed, and you've been out of business, and you were already struggling with COVID. Uh, the city now has torn down your building because they said essentially uh, the building was severely damaged in the fire, and the front wall was at risk of collapsing onto the sidewalk because of that danger that posed. The city had the wall knocked down to protect the public. So they knocked it down to protect the public. And Flora, they're sending you the bill, aren't they? That's correct. Mm-hmm. That and, is correct. And how much is that going to cost you? It's going to cost um, me um, 
that bill is going to be over 200000 just for tearing things down. Jeez. And, you know, putting up a, uh, a fence there. So it's going to be lots of money that I can't afford that I don't have. And we're not even talking about rebuilding. We're just talking about the cost no. of tearing it down. I mean, they're talking about they want more money than you make in a year to pay for the building that was destroyed because you were not protected. Am I getting this story wrong? Yes. No, you're not. You are right on point. No, you're not. Shortly after your business was torched and the riots and the looting and, and all those things, uh, Amy Klobuchar showed up, the governor, Governor Walsh showed up, and they, they had sad faces, uh, but they didn't really tell you we're going to help you, did they? No, 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 they did not. The media has done everything it could to ignore the black community, law-abiding black community, even by you know the, the majority of folks in the community, are law-abiding, hardworking, good people, trying to do their best uh, to you know improve their lives, like all of us are. Um, you know, God-fearing Christians, and they've been totally neglected. This year has been awful for them, and they've been totally neglected. Their voices have not been heard. Remember, you're supposed to listen. To these voices, their voices have not been heard. They've been discarded unless they've thrown, been carrying a brick, or have been, unless it could be used to triangulate against uh, President Trump. Their voices have not been heard, and these communities have been horribly affected. You heard Diane Wilkerson saying, "Jesus, listen to us, damn it! This is hurting our community. Listen to us." What I always say is, do the same thing for us that you do for the white people. This is not this is not rocket science. Did you remember when they last month when there was a, the the pictures of all the revelers on the boat on the harbor? The next day, both the governor and the mayor had a press conference and talked about it. They were in touch with the person who owned that boat. They threatened to shut them down. When the per people had the prom party in the Chatham or wherever it was, they they said we're going to have an investigation. Just having as much respect for our community as you do for the communities that will be affected by those people. That's all she's saying. That's all she's saying, and she's damned right. She's absolutely right. But this has not been happening, and no. So now you've got Boston, we're a little luckier, maybe not COVID-wise, probably not, actually. But crime-wise, Boston, the, the inner city has not been destroyed in other cities, the, the inner city is destroyed. The businesses are destroyed. Minneapolis, parts of Minneapolis are uninhabitable. They don't ever get businesses back there, which means employers have left. Unemployment's already bad. COVID already killed. You had record low unemployment in the black community, in the Latino community, and you had a chance. You had a chance for people to ascend and better themselves and, and improve their lives and really get a chunk of the American dream. And then you, you these gutless leaders in... Uh, Gutless white, since where everybody's race matters now, it's white mayors and governors generally who have let the worst elements of the community feast with criminality upon the rest of the community with impunity. And the people are dead and property is destroyed. And that just sucks. And this is, I'm sure for you listening, that this, is, this year has been a suck year for you. And it has not been a good year for me. Um, 
just, you know, for anybody, money-wise and all this other stuff. But I can't imagine if you've just spent this woman's business, all the time she spent and all the resources to build something up, having something finally. It's tough in, in for anybody to have a small business. And in her community, she's got a business. Doesn't make it doesn't seem like she was making a fortune, but she was making a living and she owned something. Maybe this year, I assume business was probably really good before we fell off the cliff this year. The economy was through the roof. And there that goes. And the, the, the local police don't have the respect for you to protect you and your business. And the local uh, police and the, the mask task force, uh, Charlie Baker's task force and Marty Walsh's task force, they don't have the respect for you to prevent a huge party, party a, a seating event for COVID to happen in your neighborhood because they're afraid that it's going to look like they're cracking down on uh, black people. It, what that required from them, from all of these leaders, it required leadership, a little bit of courage and intestinal fortitude. It also required soul-searching and just doing the right thing, regardless of what the media would immediately say and what uh, Twitter conspiracists, conspiracists would say. And what knee-jerk people would say, what Don Lemon would say about you. It just took a little bit of leadership and not cowardice, but you didn't rise to the challenge. You can yell at everybody else about Labor Day all you want and how we've upset you. And, you know, even though everybody flattened the curve like we were supposed to, that you're still mad at us and you're writing fines now. You're fine. Those people in Wellesley who have all sorts of cool, uh, you know, posts about on Instagram about what they did for Black Lives Matter, and uh, those people can afford the fines. The people in Dorchester, well, with some exceptions, are more likely to not be able to afford the fines or be able to recover from the damage that has been done. Just the people that you're supposed to be helping government, you did not help. But, hey, you felt virtuous at the time. Yay! Right? That's all that matters. Felt good at the moment. Yay! And we're going to start finding people. It's kind of a good song. I'm sorry about that, guys. I'm sorry. I know that you were angry last time that I played it so much. D. Lemon, by the way, my guy D. Lemon is not pleased. Is not pleased at all with um, with um, Pelosi. And I got to say, I am impressed. I'm impressed. I don't know that I usually find D. Lemon doing the right thing. I think he's generally bad for the, the country. Oftentimes a jerk. Um, not really smart. Full of confidence, so but D. Lemon not pleased with the way this was handled, and good for him. Good for him. We need more people saying and doing the right thing in uh, situations like this, especially with the, the Pelosi dude is disgusting. Yes, the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says that she. Come on, D. Lemon, jump right back in. You got it, my friend. She was set up after she was seen not wearing a face mask at a San Francisco hair salon. 
The business owners shared this video of Pelosi inside the salon not wearing a mask as she walks from one room to another. Not wearing a mask and having haircuts indoors against the rules there. The House Speaker says a salon staff member told her one appointment at a time was allowed inside the building. I take responsibility for trusting uh, the word of a neighborhood salon that I've been to over the years many times. And that um, when they said, well, we're able to accommodate people one person at a time and that we can set up that time, I trusted that. As it turns out, it was a setup. So I take (laughs) responsibility for falling for a setup. So the, the Speaker of the House is blaming the salon after she didn't wear a mask indoors. Tonight, the salon owner is denying it was a setup. Regardless, this is this far into the pandemic. The House Speaker should know what is safe and what isn't. We should all know it's our responsibility. Instead of claiming a setup, it would have been just as easy for the Speaker to say, you know what? I messed up. I should have worn a mask indoors. We'll be right back. D-Lemon, how fantastic is this? Who knew Don Lemon and Diane Wilkerson having just the, the their high points, their greatest moments now in the late innings of the COVID epidemic. I love it. I think that is fantastic. Good. We need more of this stuff. More, more, more. <sighs> Man, it's feeling like fall. It is feeling like fall. It's beautiful up here. It's beautiful up here. I said all this stuff yesterday, but it's beautiful beautiful up here in New England. And uh, if you're ever around, you know, come around, for God's sakes. I got to say, there's no better place in the world than, than, um, than uh, where is it, um, San Diego probably. Probably the best weather in the world, as far as I'm concerned. I, I can't say in the world. I don't know the world. In the United States with not Hawaii included, is San Diego. Maybe like Carlsbad or what's it, Del Mar over there. That's pretty damn perfect. Although, do we, is there a certain Weasley smarm about a lot of Californians? Is there? Maybe there was. Maybe that was my imagination. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Who knows? So we're it's mail-in voting now is the, the big thing. People suggested Trump said to vote twice, and he didn't. He actually said that if you get your mail-in ballot, mail it in, sure, but track it, which is supposedly is something that's available, track it. And then um, if you can see if on election day it still hasn't been counted, then go and vote in person. Maybe there's some trolling that uh, he injected into that. But the media took it anyway, and they're all crazy about it, saying he's saying to vote twice. To vote twice. This mail-in balloting is going to be a problem no matter what. It's going to be a problem, and I get the feeling it's going to blow up in the Democrats' faces. One, there's going to be a lot of uh, votes that are spoiled and lost because the process is not perfect. Then votes will trickle in. Votes will get lost. It gives both sides built-in excuses already. It's it's asking for a bunch of problems when there doesn't need to be. So um, to get a good feeling about this, uh, A.G. Barr talked to Wolf Blitzer today. And I think this is a good good exchange on why this is a bad idea. The United States. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he said uh, if you expand mail-in voting, this is the president. This is you know, th- reckless. Well, this is a you know sort of cheap talk to get around the fundamental problem, 
which is the bipartisan commission chaired by Jimmy Carter and James Baker said back in 2009 that mail-in voting is fraught with the risk of fraud and coercion. But since then, and, there have and been until a lot this of admin, no, well, sorry, that have improved it. Let me talk. Yeah, please. Uh, Ooh, and nice. since, this, since that time, there have been, in the newspapers, in networks, academic studies saying it is open to fraud and coercion. The only time the narrative changed is after this administration came in. But elections that have been held with mail have found substantial fraud and coercion. For example, we indicted someone in Texas, 1,700 ballots collected he ma from people who ha could vote. He made them out and voted for the person he wanted to. Okay? Because that kind of thing happens with mail-in ballots, are, and everyone knows But it. there are individual uh, cases, but as far as widespread fraud... We haven't seen that since... Uh, well, we, have, we haven't had the kind of widespread use of mail-in ballots that's being proposed. We've had absentee ballots from people who request them from a specific address. Now what we're talking about is mailing them to everyone on the voter list when everyone knows those voter lists are inaccurate. People who should get them don't get them, which is what has been one of the major complaints in states that have tried this in, in municipal elections. And... Uh, People who get them are not the right people. They're people who have replaced the, the previous occupant. Uh, what happened, Barr? Oh, I know what happened. Dang, sorry about that. Hang on. I'll get back to him. I'll get back to him. I knocked it off. It's kilter because I was... I was uh, here we Do you go. think that's a way to run a vote? Well, uh, the only thing I'm saying is that so far we have... ...get them, don't get them, which is what has been one of the major complaints in states that have tried this. In, in municipal elections, and uh, people who get them are not the right people. They're people who have replaced the, the previous occupant, and they can make them out. And sometimes multiple ballots come to the same address with a whole genera several generations of occupants. Do you think that's a way to run a vote? Well, uh, the only thing Put I'm saying is him. that Put it so him. far we haven't seen widespread fraud. But you so think... far we haven't tried it. Well, and the point there's is... There's a lot of us... Uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican Well, this is like playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this, to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous, and the people are playing with fire. Well, I, I will point out there are five states that only have mail-in voting, including Utah and Colorado, Washington State, Oregon, uh, Hawaii, and they've, they've reported over the years they've had virtually no problems. But who's trying to change the rules right now? I would say the people who want to go to mass mail-in ballots. But you understand why. There is a coronavirus pandemic, right. and there are a lot of people, uh, potentially, if they waited along lines, uh, when they go to the polls, uh, and they, get could an get, absentee they could get sick, especially older people or people with underlying conditions. As a result, a lot of people want to change the rules so they don't have to go wait right. on lines. Well, they don't have to touch all this. And the appropriate way to deal with that is, number one, arrangements at the polls that protect people, which can be done. And number two, people who are, have pre-existing conditions and are particularly vulnerable can get an absentee ballot. I have no problem with people. I voted by absentee ballot, not by mail. I actually went to the office to cast my vote. But absentee ballots are fine. All right, let's move on and talk a little. There you go. How perfectly was it? Just get an absentee ballot. ballot. But they want trouble, and they're going to get it, unfortunately. 
This is going to be trouble. The election is going to be trouble, and that is not that is not good. That is not good. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I mean, it, this is this doesn't have to be like that. We don't have to do everything stupid all the time. And I just um, I just think it was. Uh, uh, I just think we're causing problems where we don't need to. April Ryan, I missed this a couple days ago. Anna Cabrera is having a panel discussion. April Ryan, um, who's a a White House reporter, she reports from the White House press corps. She covers the president as a non-unbiased journalist, supposedly. And this is what she has to say about Trump. Start with you. I want your reaction first to what we're seeing in Portland and what we heard from the mayor. Anna, let's call a thing a thing. This president, Donald John Trump, has instigated a race war in America. Portland, Oregon is ground zero. Can um, CNN, while you're talking to her, is there any way Daniel Dale is available? Can we get a fact checker in any one of the legions of fact checkers available just to mildly vet what April Ryan is saying? This president, Donald John Trump, has basically stoked the flames for racist extremists neo-Nazis, and the alt-right. Jesus. And they're even defending, this president is even defending Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old who went in Wisconsin and killed two protesters. So at the end of the day, the mayor of Portland is absolutely right. And there are those who are calling for help from this president in the stoking of a race war. There is a race war in America right now Hmm. because of this president. People are calling me asking if they're indeed is a way to get the international uh, crimes court to come in to, to deal with this. You know, I've talked to some people who who are in intelligence, and they're saying he's done heinous things, but they have to see. <laughs> we don't know for sure. But people are now afraid of this president because he has stoked the racial flames. And let's call the thing a thing. He has now begun a race war in America in 2020. Commissioner Ramsey. Let- well, hold on, Anna. Any pushback? Any pushback to the race war stuff? Trump, the the reporter who's supposed to know what the administration is up, has now said repeatedly that President Trump is stoked a race war, that we're in a race war right now. Nothing, CNN? Nope. That's the last they talk about it. They move right to the next person. Do you think maybe April Ryan could be stoking a race war? You think CNN, by carrying this vile, venom, toxicity-filled propaganda is possibly stoking a race war i would say yes or at least racial discord incredible incredible jesus ah all right so donald trump is on his way to latrobe pennsylvania right now he'll have one of those semi-big rallies and donald and joe biden today was in where was he in wisconsin kenosha wisconsin as a matter of fact and i do have a cut from this just to Pop in and see how it's going for him. We got to, for example, why in God's name don't we teach history in history classes? Good question. A black man invented the light bulb, not a white guy named Edison. What? Okay. There's so much. Did anybody know before what, what, what recently happened? 
that black Wall Street in Oklahoma was burned to the ground? Anybody know these things? We act because we don't teach them. We got to give people facts. Teach them what's out there. The idea. We got to, for example, why in God's name don't we teach history in history classes? A black man invented the light bulb, not a white guy named Edison. Uh, that's not okay. That's not true. So- that is not true. Edison invented the light bulb. Louis Latimer is probably who he means who who, who created some kind of technology for longer lasting bulbs at, at, at one point. But um, yes, Edison made the made the invented the light bulb. I'm sorry, Joe. It's a hell of a. I mean, it's not, at least not you losing your mind. It's you pandering to black people and lying to them, really condescending and patronizing to them. As a matter of fact, to say that to them is, you know, black people aren't stupid. They probably know. I assume who invented the light bulb and like, why the hell is this guy patronizing and condescending to us? This guy who said that if we don't believe or anything, says he said that we ain't black. Like, Jesus, black guy invented the light bulb. Uh, hey, thanks so much, by the way, for everything. Thanks for joining us. I'll try to jam in a show tomorrow, if possible. Friday is crazy for the newspapers, so I'm working pretty much mornings through night for the, all that stuff. And, um,. Do follow me on Twitter at Tom Shattuck, if you don't mind. Feel free to send me an email at winchester at uh, gmail.com. That's two N's. Follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Calvin Caspian for some unknown reason. You can follow me on Facebook, too. And uh, look at me when I was thin. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.